Welcome to the Leader Think Podcast, where we discuss personal growth, human performance, and culture change. This is your host, Philip Grison. Thank you for joining me on this path. I hope you enlighten others along the way. Hey, everyone. Today, I wanted to talk about construction mental health. This topic has been on my mind lately for a couple different reasons. In our culture assessment work, I've seen a lot more commentary recently regarding mental health. The workers are expressing a need for management to address it. The other reason is twice in the past few months, I've heard of a couple local contractors experiencing suicides with their workers. I don't have a long list of great solutions for this issue because I've yet to see a great construction example that has made a true impact. But I do believe we can generate more awareness of this issue, normalize the conversation, and seek better solutions to the problem. This motivated me to search out more info on the subject of construction suicides. What I found really affected me. More people die from suicide in construction than the entire Focus 4 combined. In 2016, the CDC found that suicide was five times greater than the rate for all fatal work-related injuries in construction. Another study found that construction has the second highest suicide rate of all occupations, farming being the first. In 2020, the CDC found that construction suicide rate was four times higher than the general population. Now, numbers never tell the full story. But all of this is making me think we aren't doing enough to address the issue. If suicide is the number one cause of death in construction, maybe we should give mental health the same or even more attention than we do things like fall protection and other work-related hazards. So I wanted to share a couple employee comments to give you a window into what I'm seeing. Here's one. We need to talk about mental health. Our home life, not being there for our kids, the guilt we feel, wives cheat, we're always tired and sore, construction has the second highest suicide rate, the company needs to talk about it. Here's another one. I talk about mental health. They tell me mental health isn't real. All I have to do is pray. The people who are supposed to help us tell us that. I think we have a stigma of suck it up, you insert explicative word for a part of the female anatomy. Then all we get is, well, at least you aren't homeless and you have a job. Failure is a teacher, right? Failure happens for you, not to you, right? Here's the good I see in those comments. Workers in construction are becoming more open to discussing mental health than ever before. A lot of them are not just open to the conversation. They want management to talk about it more and do more about it. This creates an opportunity for leaders. Still, construction is a unique culture. Although some workers are expressing openness to discuss mental health more, I don't believe our entire industry is at that place yet. So far, the most common solution I see in organizations is offering assistance for those who seek help. Offering help for those who ask for it is a wonderful thing. However, there are two main concerns I have. Number one, 
Macho construction workers rarely ask for help. Number two, offering help doesn't work for people when they feel shame for asking for it. Although we have made great strides in the construction industry to more openly discuss emotion, we still have strong pockets of don't show any signs of weakness attitudes. This will be a long, hard road to overcome. Go up to a construction worker and ask them to talk about their feelings and let me know how that goes. Our culture is one that, as a whole, is not very open to discussing deep emotional content. But the door to that discussion is opening up a little. Maybe we as leaders need to take the first step. We need to be the ones to start the conversation. We need to set the example. And again, I do not mean asking the workforce to share their mental struggles. I mean we need to share our awareness of the issue. We need to recognize that we see it, know we need to do something about it, be open to the ideas of others, and try some things out that haven't been tried before. We need to be willing to share our own mental health struggles and how we learn to manage and overcome them. If leadership starts the conversation and sets the example, more of our workforce will open up to that conversation. One thing that we do have the power to accomplish is to normalize that conversation. We can take that first step. That is in our power. The other issue is offering help to people who feel shame for asking for it. It is definitely a positive and moral decision to offer mental health resources to the workforce. We also need to make sure the workforce is aware that those resources exist. Sometimes the communication flow from HR down to the workforce gets diluted. It would be good to engage with your workforce and see how aware they are of the resources available. You might find some of them just don't even know about it. But even when they do know what is available, we also need to consider the shame component. On more than one occasion, I've experienced a family member, someone who I've felt deep love for, express deep shame in admitting they needed help. One person I love deeply took a long time to seek professional help for a mental health struggle. The reoccurring conversation was, if I go to therapy or seek professional help, then everyone will know that I have a problem. I'd imagine all of you have experienced some sort of mental health issue in your personal circle. I bet all of you know someone in your family or a close friend who struggled with mental health. It is normal for people to experience varying levels of mental health struggles, but it is also normal for people experiencing those issues to struggle with the shame component. The greater the mental health struggle, the more shame they feel for admitting it. People don't want the world to know the deepest struggles within their mind. We all put on some sort of front for the world to see, showing everyone we have our act together. How often do people come up to you and say, here's my list of weaknesses? We have to start this effort from a place of recognizing the shame component. This puts the ball in our court to take the first step. We have to share our own struggles with others first to help normalize that conversation. 
First, I have to admit my own mental health struggles. Then I share the specific steps that I took to overcome them. And from there, others might feel less shame to talk to me about their struggles. When it comes to mental health, people only talk to someone who they genuinely feel safe talking to. They have to believe that the conversation is ultra-private. No one will ever find out about this. It takes a strong leader to build that type of confidence in their followers and a deep trust that cannot be broken. You know, before I go further, it's important to mention that medication can be the perfect thing for someone with a chemical imbalance. Medication can be an awesome solution for a person that is experiencing mania or a bipolar disorder, but depression is not always helped through medicine. Suicide can result from deep depression. When I was researching this topic, I found articles by psychiatrists stating that a lot of depression is generated from external factors, and many who struggle with depression don't have a chemical imbalance. We may not be the type of people that can diagnose, treat, and write prescriptions for chemical imbalance issues, but we can share methods such as thought work for dealing with depression. Sometimes these things work together. Sometimes people need medication to manage a chemical imbalance issue in the brain first. Then they can do thought work more effectively later. We can encourage people with those issues to seek help. We can share our own struggles and experiences with them to help diminish any shame they feel. But my focus here is on depression triggered by long hours away from family with little recovery time. I notice most mental health concerns expressed in our culture work are in the context of long shifts, fatigue, and weekend work. We need to address long hours, fatigue, and recovery time, not just because of their contribution to an increased air rate, but also because of the effect on mental health. In human performance, we talk about changing the system when you can and implementing defenses when you can't. We can't always change the client's schedule, hours worked, and the significant time away from family that construction workers experience. But we can give it more attention and work to lessen how much of it occurs. We may not be able to totally change the system and start working 9 to 5 with a 30-minute commute. But we can think more about it and whittle away at that work-life balance through planning and recognition. Are we thinking about this issue? We can. Are we making attempts to ensure people get a weekend more often? We can. Again, I expect construction workers and myself to continue to work long hours, but I also believe we can put a considerable effort into implementing defenses. We can train our teams to become better equipped to recognize signs of fatigue. We can think twice before asking someone to work a Saturday if we are self-aware enough to recognize they're struggling. We can speak up more when those above us ask for more. We can tell management that our people are burnt out and need a weekend before we go back to gung-ho the following week. We can talk about it more 
Think about it more. Be more self-aware in noticing fatigue in others and incorporate the style of thinking in planning meetings and training sessions. So back to dealing with shame. The first step for leaders is to admit their own struggles to lessen the shame. A great form of influence that leaders can utilize is sharing their own struggles and how they overcame them. I've struggled with a lot of mental health issues over the years. Depression, anxiety, anger issues. I've tried medication and I've self-medicated. In my personal experience, prescription medication and self-medication with alcohol didn't work. Those things didn't solve the underlying problems that were triggered by external factors. Instead, they pushed those problems deeper down. And in that process, delaying dealing with the underlying issues actually strengthened them. But a couple things that have really helped me with mental health are compartmentalizing and especially thought work. For compartmentalizing, here's what I mean. Work is good for my mental health, but burnout is bad. It's all about the balance. This is why work-life balance is so important. There have been plenty of days where I was dealing with a mental health issue, but teaching a class all day allowed me to take a break from thinking about it. If I went all in teaching a class, I was able to take a break from the personal struggles in my mind. Work can be a great thing for mental health. Too much free time can be a bad thing. Sitting on the couch all day, stewing in the thoughts of your limbic brain, can compound depression. Staying busy and distraction can lessen the amount of time you dwell on things. But too much work can lead to burnout. The term work-life balance is pretty meaningful. We need balance. Work is good. Recovery is good. Burnout is bad. It's the balance of those things that matter. But overall, the greatest solution I've found for managing my own mental health is thought work. One technique is holding the space for two thoughts at the same time. There have been times that I thought this shouldn't be happening or I need to change my current life circumstance. When I would think those thoughts, I would also intentionally think a more uplifting thought, a solution-based thought, such as, this experience is making me stronger, or God is showing me how much I am capable of, or I am fulfilling a purpose greater than me to serve this world. Negative, depressing thoughts, anger, those thoughts and emotions can be automatic. Purposely thinking a new thought that serves you better takes effort. But when you do that type of thought work, it lessens the intensity of whatever struggle you are dealing with. We need to spend more time talking to ourselves with intentional thoughts that serve us better and less time listening to the automatic thoughts of our limbic brain that can be quite negative. It's a simple example, but we can regularly and intentionally share examples of thought work in our communications to our team. We just have to be the weirdos to take the first step to do it. 
We have to normalize that type of conversation. The behavior model that I've discussed many times on this podcast has helped me so much in my life. Breaking life experiences down into circumstances that are out of my control, looking at my thoughts and emotions from an external lens by writing them down, questioning my behaviors and the results I'm getting, that type of thought work has enabled me to see the power of intentional thinking. It always makes me feel better and always improves the results I receive. Recognizing that circumstances that happen to me are neutral, they're not good or bad. They're just part of the normal life experience. Life doesn't happen to me. It happens for me, for the evolution of my consciousness, to generate wisdom. The thoughts I think about any circumstance are a combination of limbic brain impulse thoughts and intentional prefrontal cortex thoughts if I choose to. Picking intentional thoughts is a skill that must be taught and developed, but that type of work has helped me more than anything else with my own mental health struggles. Sharing these concepts without anyone needing to ask for help could really have an impact on people. We communicate in so many ways to our workforce. Toolbox talks, meetings, training sessions. If we look for opportunities to share these concepts publicly, we will find them. We might help people without ever even knowing about it. But we have to get the tools out there for people to know about them. The examples I gave are not often taught at work. The other thing is not everyone is ready to communicate these concepts, but we can look for people who have that skill and encourage them to help us make an impact on the workforce. Have you ever noticed someone on your team that is really in tune to people? I had that experience recently. I thought I was doing a great job of compartmentalizing a mental health struggle while I was teaching a class. And then a week later, a student sends me a text with some words of encouragement for the specific struggle I was dealing with. The funny thing is, I never specifically mentioned it in class. It was like he was just really in tune, self-aware. He noticed the thoughts underneath my words. Then he privately offers some helpful thoughts without me ever asking for it. We need to be on the lookout for those type people. Who on your team is really in tune? Those people can have a major influence on the mental health struggles of the workforce. So notice people. Notice who is tuned in to the deeper emotional elements. Notice who has the emotional intelligence to share mental health solutions. Notice who is suffering. Give them help in ways where they don't have to share the details of their personal struggles to lessen the shame that comes with depression. Look for opportunities to share mental health solutions, such as thought work. We can't completely change the system, but we can defend against it. We can work harder at recognizing and addressing fatigue, hours worked, time away from family, and recovery time. We can give specific mental health exercises without anyone needing to ask for it first. 
We can share our own struggles and how we overcame them. We can normalize the conversation. We all want our people to go home safely, but there's a lot more than physical hazards and toxins to be concerned with. If any of you listening have experienced some great solutions to mental health that have made a significant impact in your organization, I would love to hear from you. I hope all of you have a beautiful, influential, and impactful week. Hey there. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave me a review. If you want to connect further, reach out at leaderthink.com.